everybody, this is Bevan. I'm here with my co-host, Biscuit Reynolds. And this is another episode of Bevan, a femme over 40 and her friends podcast. I'm your host, Bevan. I've said my name three times. It's time to start the show. The cat is very uh, annoyed about me picking him up. Um, today, I want to talk about sort of undoing guilt and shame that's programmed into us when we're raised in an environment of fundamentalism, body shame, coloniality, like there's so many systems of oppression we can be raised in. And when the people who raise us, alcoholism uh, is another system, uh, there's when the people who raised us had specific ideas about how people should be, uh, it can really screw you up. I learned that shame is something that is not an actual emotion that we experience. Shame is actually something that is implanted into us. It's not our natural emotional state, right? Shame is something that is taught to us by people and systems. Uh, shame is not a naturally occurring thing. The, the two fears that we are naturally born with is the fear of falling and the fear of loud noises. Everything else is taught to us. Shame is the experience of being afraid of what people will think of you or how you appear right? So it's just a fear. Um, shame tends to be the thing like that we default to because it's a trigger point that we're taught. And, and it's, you know, it's because we think that we need to manage how we appear in order to stay safe. Because the people who raised us held hostage our belonging, which is a human need, uh, to our conformity and conformity to like whatever the system or culture that we're raised in is, right? Um, and so shame, like when shame comes up, this is, it's a teaching moment, right? So like, you're like, oh, why am I feeling shame? Get curious. This is compassionate curiosity is the answer to, to most things, right? So like, get curious about what's under this shame. What's the real emotion that I'm feeling? Am I feeling shame because I am afraid I disappointed someone, right? Like there, there's, there's a lot that comes under it, right? And so I just want to encourage you <laughs> to remember that the guilt and the shame that you feel, right? These are just programmed into you to get you to behave in a specific way. Um, there are these agendas that folks are, are running. And I, most people, here's the, the, the most heartbreaking part of all of this, is that most people are simply programmed this way and they don't know any better. So they think that they're doing the right thing by like teaching their kids to hate their bodies and, and not eat or like um, to be ashamed of the food they eat or be ashamed of their adipose tissue. That's just fat tissue. And I come from a place of very resolutely believing that fat is a neutral word that describes a way of being. Bodies can be tall and short. Bodies can be fat or thin uh, or somewhere in between, whatever, right? Like bodies are just different. And there's lots of reasons and ways people are fat, right? People can be fat because of uh, side effect of a disease, side effect of medication, hormonal changes, um, natural body diversity. Some bodies are just fat. Um, and then lifestyle and lifestyle stuff, people, especially people who are thin, right. And who gain a little weight and can lose it really quickly. Um, and just assume that it should be that way for everybody. And it's not, you know, and everyone is affected by the fear of fat people. That's the most outrageous thing, right. Especially, and also disability stuff too. Like everyone is only temporarily able-bodied, right. But they walk around with these fears because of the way those people are treated in our society, right. So one of the keys to body positivity is not treating fat people poorly, right? Like change the way you think about fat people if you want to change the way you think about your body feeling and, and feeling any type of way, right? Anyway, so I'm really big into teaching people how to uproot 
these ideas of guilt and shame in your brain because I had to do a lot of work on it. Um, for me, I wasn't raised in Christian fundamentalism, but I'm really fascinated um, by uh, Christian fundamentalism and really passionate about helping people kind of come out of these really restrictive environments and find their true self. Because I think every single person has a unique gift that they're here to bring. Um, I think every human life is valuable. And I think that we are not raised in a way that allows us to actually know what our true gifts are and connect to our own unique divinity in the way that, um, I mean, I really believe in God and I really believe in, um, in accessing God and our, our unique connection to God to figure out what's next and what's right for us and to really get into resonance and discernment about those next right steps. But you can't have that resonance and discernment if you are brainwashed when you're grown up to think poorly of yourself, right? And to be stuck in guilt and shame. Guilt and shame keep you stuck and trapped in how you interact with other people and how people are perceiving you. When you can release those things, you can get quiet and really get into the truth of who you are and why you're here to be here, right? Um, a lot of uh, what I notice in Christian nationalism and Christian fundamentalism is that they really want to control how you think and who you're exposed to because they need you to walk lockstep into one ideology. And my agenda is not separateness. My agenda is uh, we're all in this together and we are all uniquely coded by God. Just like the acorn becomes the oak tree, like you are supposed to be you. Like, and the more you are more you, the better the world gets, right? That's, the, that's how we level up new timelines. Um, look, uh, listen to my episodes with Leah Garza if you want to really get into uh, the possibilities of being exactly who you are and why that is so essential. Um, I wanted to give some really clear action items for everybody, uh, everybody who's listening. Hey, besties. Thanks for being here. Um, I just wanted to give you some action items that might help you undo some of this brainwashing, right? Like I'm really passionate about doing this podcast and introducing people to different ways there are to be a happy, successful adult. There are millions of possibilities. I, th I think there could be billions of possible ways to be a happy, successful adult because we have billions of people, right? But Many, many people will not choose that path, so I'm going to go with millions, right? But you can do your unique thing, and it doesn't need to look like what your parents thought you should do, and it doesn't need to look like what society told you you should do. It's what's coming uniquely through you that you can root in and just trust and follow um, all of those, all that little inner guidance, all that creativity that is coming through you and uniquely as you. Um, so the first step is to really just recognize that, of course, shame and guilt are things that are just plugged into you. Um, a friend of mine was raised in fundamentalism and asked me, how do I release guilt? And I said this flippantly, but I think it's actually kind of a fun idea. Every time you poop, I want you to imagine that you're pooping out <laughs> these old ideas about yourself. Just remember, this stuff is just stuff you're going to have to release, and it might come up again. Healing is a spiral, right? Grief is a spiral. We're always kind of coming back to the lessons, but remember, every time you come back to a lesson, every time these guilt feelings come back, you're a new person. You're already leveled up. You've already learned some stuff, and you've pooped out a lot of that old guilt, right? So just remember, every time you poop, a very natural thing, right? Um, you're releasing old versions of who you are. You can always start new, and you can always keep connecting. Um, I also think, like, really minding your association. Um, it's scientifically proven that you become who you spend the most time with, and it's the five people you spend the most time with. Um, I intentionally, and I mean, I live alone, so I have a lot of uh, 
more flexibility in this way, but I think a lot of people out there too do. Um, but I curate who I spend the most time with. I listen to podcasts by, and listen to books by people I really admire um, and really cultivate a, an association of people who are where I want to be, right? Not just people who are just where I've always been, right? So if you want to change something about your life, you need to change your association. And you can do that by just minding where you put your time and your energy. Um, obviously, you need real connections with real people. Um, so find community. That's another thing is just finding new ways to belong. Because again, when our, when our belonging, the actual human need we have, is held hostage to our conformity to specific standards of behavior, and that's different than just like boundaries, right? Like get people, get community that has great boundaries, that has people who like value and esteem themselves and don't allow themselves to be treated like garbage, right? Like having a community where you feel like you really belong. Um, the Rev at my church, Agape uh, International Spiritual Center, Michael Bernard Beckwith, he says this, he says, I believe the second coming of the Christ consciousness is not a person, it is beloved communities working together to level up and that's it level up the vibration of the planet so um, I really believe in community especially as a healing place um, but there's so many communities out there and just find the people who resonate um, this is a quote from Tony Jones my favorite affirmation music and I would put that also on your list is affirmation music to kind of help um, your brain uh, remember new thoughts and kind of deprogram we get like 60,000 thoughts a day like and 80% of them are negative on an average person that's a lot of negative thinking because we're programmed to think that way um, and so this is a line from an affirmation song from her but if, if they feel like home and they feel safe to be around spend more time with those people right so that's kind of like your temperature check for community and whether that's a good thing for you your body always knows right and so the more you can do meditation highly suggest meditation for everyone, but especially if you're trying to connect more to who you really are, you got to clear the thoughts and release the thought patterns that are teaching you how to not be who you are and making it a scary thing to be who you really are. Um, I also think like your books are part of that. So really like who you become in five years is the people you're spending time with now and the books you're reading. So really digging into a daily reading habit um, and even maybe even more so, right? Like uh, not just like a little bit of reading every day, but also like really digging into books and stories. I love memoirs. Memoirs have been a big part of my healing journey. Um, uh, it's just learning how people move through the world as who they are um, and find themselves and triumph over challenges. And, you know, if you are a queer kid raised in Christian fundamentalism, I would really suggest reading memoirs of folks who had that experience and how they came out of that. I think it's really helpful to remember that like, you know, this is, we have, we're age of Aquarius. It's the information age. There is so much narrative that's available to us. And so there's people that are available to us who have walked a path. It won't be the unique same path that you've walked, but it will have similar signposts. And so it will help you figure out who you are. And also like learn more lessons through other people's experience. I love a shortcut, uh, learning through someone else's experience. I'm like, oh, okay. That's a good, you know, anyway. Um, I would also say the same too, like if you were raised in an alcoholic environment, uh, when I went to Al-Anon recovery, which is for family and friends of alcoholics, it changed my life. It changed my emotional landscape. It changed how I experienced the world around me because I was with new people. I had association, right? Um, I had books to read and it really helped me understand what happened to my parents, you know, and I say happened to them because like a lot of trauma happened to them and then they 
acted out that trauma for the rest of their lives, right? So, like, it really helped me understand, oh, I come from a lineage of this kind of cuckoo thinking and behavior and emotional abuse, you know? It's really normalized in my family, emotional abuse. And I'm like, it shouldn't be normalized. And yet it is. So I am going to be the generation changer for that kind of stuff. So um, in many ways, it's a the journey of releasing guilt and shame is a journey of being willing to go it alone and away from your family systems. But you got to find that community and that belonging and the people who you admire. I just trust the glimmer inside me. If it's this person, like, okay, it's this person, you know? But I think the more practice you give to the glimmer, you know, to like, oh, what lights me up? What makes me sparkly? And do more of that and be around more of those people. Um, communication stuff, too, like in terms of the books you read, I would also suggest How to Win Friends and Influence People. I wish that book was called How to Shave Off Your Rough Spots so People Can Feel That You Love Them. Um, as someone who is raised believing criticism is love, chapter one, <laughs> never criticize, condemn, or complain. <laughs> You know, there's so much to complain about in this life, but you know what is even better? A grateful heart is a magnet for miracles, and I know that there is so much healing and gratitude, and can't be frustrated and grateful at the same time, so writing gratitude lists, being in gratitude uh, is definitely an antidote to guilt and shame, so just remember, uh, good communication skills are not something we're necessarily taught in the home, um, it's something that we have to come to. Uh, I am such a fan of therapy and coaching, and I will say, having spent, uh, I didn't really start my first therapy relationship as an adult until my mid-30s, uh, when my partner had cancer, <laughs> and I got therapy uh, with a lesbian cancer uh, support network, so it was like really helpful, actually, to have a therapist who understood the gay stuff and the cancer stuff. Um, and that experience, it was short-term uh, counseling, and that experience said, okay, let's go to an, another counselor and, and root in. And I did a lot of good childhood stuff uh, with a therapist when I was still in New York. Um, and she helped me make the decision to move to Los Angeles, which I think I'm really glad I had therapy in, during that decision-making process because it helped me feel rooted in, like, what was guiding me there. But then when I moved to L.A., I never started therapy again. And I regret not having had therapy in that time because I think I made a lot of decisions um, from an ego space and not my spirit. And so uh, for the last three, almost four years, I've been working with my therapist, and I'm so grateful. I found him uh, through Pride Counseling, uh, which is a really great app. Um, I like having therapy in my house, like on the phone, because then I can be where I'm comfortable. I can be with my emotional support cat. Uh, and also, uh, it was funny, in New York, I spent more time traveling to and from therapy than I spent in therapy. Um, in fact, I, it was more than double the time to get to my therapist. It was worth it. And it was, you know, just part of the process, right? Uh, but I spent a lot of time crying on the subway. Uh, but, you know, every New Yorker probably spends a lot of time crying on the subway. Um, but I think therapy is so good because we, very few of us have factory settings that are particularly adept at this world. Um, and especially like if you want to build your metaphysical muscles and your emotional strength, you need someone who can help you walk that journey, um, and help you understand, um, what's right for you and support you in the work you're doing. So highly suggest therapy. I also love coaching. I do both. Um, coaching is more goals based, right? Like you're, you're moving. Therapy is more like, how are we going to help the past? How are we going to like do connections? There's lots of types of therapies. EMDR is really effective. Everyone I know who's done EMDR raves about it. And so um, there is a lot to, like, all this kind of stuff 
uh, in your brain and rewiring your brain. So EMDR tapping, I really like tapping. Um, but I would say that those things are like in addition to just talk therapy and just having someone to hold space for your healing journey. Um, so pride counseling, I would suggest just because it's an app and then every therapist on there is queer positive. Um, but I actually skipped through a couple therapists that I just didn't feel the vibe with. And I think I'm, I'm unusual because not everybody can feel vibes through like the electronic stuff or seeing a picture, but I can, and I'm grateful I've developed that skill set. So, um, but Andrew, I've been with for almost four years, transformative experience. Um, and also we switched to a coaching model, uh, when I moved out of the state he was licensed in. Um, and I kind of love it more because he turns out, I didn't know this. He turns out he's like a tarot reader and astrologer. And so like, uh, sometimes in therapy, we will talk about my 12th house Saturn placement, um, <laughs> stuff like that. So, um, it's actually been really helpful and he's, and, and I would say if you're a person who is working on developing your psychic abilities, my biggest struggle in therapy right now is like my logic brain is saying this and my spirit is saying this and they're at odds. And so how am I going to like, cause I want to move more towards spirit, right? I don't want to be in my logic brain. My logic brain created a lot of problems for me, um, you know, like just in hindsight, my logic brain created a lot of problems. For me. So we're, we're working on spirit here. Um, and so anyway, coaching, therapy, coaching is helpful. Like I think also if you have goals in life and you don't have someone cheerleading you and helping to strategize, we're always too close to our own forest to see the trees. So I would highly suggest that kind of stuff. Um, and always trust your gut. Like if you feel like I, again, if they feel like home and they feel safe to be around, that's a great practitioner for you. But if they don't, move on right and also it's okay to fire someone and to release them if they're not no longer serving you it's totally okay and it's part of the process and i'll say this out there to any of my fellow healers uh who do healing work um is trust that you're there for whatever part of the journey you're there for for people like i always trust people come to my fat kid dance party aerobics classes um if you come once i think i can transform you you know but like it might that might be the only thing you need is that one time right um, and then I see people really bloom when they keep showing up to it. Uh, so I would just suggest trusting the healers that, uh, that vibe with you and trust your curiosity, trust your glimmer, trust a little bit of fear. Cause sometimes, especially when we're programmed with guilt and shame, we feel fear because we have to walk through it in order to grow, right? Like part of the, going from the acorn to the oak tree is getting out of your comfort zone. And that is where you plant your roots, right? That's where you're spreading your roots because an acorn can't become the full oak tree in a pot, you know, and the pot are the systems and limitations we're raised with in uh, fundamentalism and body oppression and all those things, right? So just remember your comfort zone is your failure zone. You want to keep growing. You want to keep getting more and more you, which means busting through just a little bit of fear, get awkward. You don't need to like jump off a cliff. You just need to like get a little awkward every day, you know, just grow. And see what's possible because there's so much that's possible that's coming through you and i trust that even just wanting to think about releasing uh guilt and shame um will get you through those uncomfortable feelings but it's a lot of discomfort to learn a new comfort zone right so just trust that process um reparenting and inner child work can't recommend it more um when i was first doing conscious inner child work i didn't know what i was doing uh, but I had a psychic, uh, her name is Joya. She's in Sedona, Arizona. I would highly recommend if you go to Sedona, look her up. She's at, uh, one of the metaphysical shops. You look her up. Uh, anyway, you can find her through Yelp, but you can also send me an email. I'll figure it out and I'll send it to you. Uh, fatkiddanceparty at gmail.com is my email. 
Um, anyway, so she said, you need to do some inner child work. Your inner child is screaming. And I was like, huh, interesting. And now the more work I've done with inner child stuff, I realize like your inner child, either you give it love and attention, right? That's really the inner child work is love and attention to what does my inner child want, right? Um, or it hijacks you. And that's when like, uh, when you're in a heightened conflict space and your body feels hijacked, that's your inner child. And like, you can actually stop and say, what age does my body feel right now? Um, and I have some friends who said this really cool house rule they have um, in their couplehood is that we don't make any adult decisions when either one of us is not in an adult space, right? You just, that's the time to regulate. That's the time to regulate, meaning like bring your emotions down to calm again. Um, you can do that with tapping, right? You can just look up tapping videos on YouTube, but you can regulate with tapping. You can regulate with breath work. Um, you can regulate with dancing. I, I frequently regulate my emotions with dancing because it's a good release for whatever needs to come through. Um, but our inner child work, I incorporated it into fat kid dance party. It's so funny because I met with Joya as the, as that idea was beginning to be birthed. And so it's really cool that like, I was like, Oh, fat kid dance party. It's an inner child healing and an aerobics class all at once. Um, and just spending some time with your inner child and doing fun, playful things and delighting yourself and allowing those delights. Cause a lot of times when we're programmed with guilt and shame, we're programmed our delights to be taken away from us. Like you shouldn't like that, you know, like you shouldn't do that. You can't explore, right? It's very fundamentalism is terrified to allow you to explore. Um, it is very anti, uh, white supremacy and body supremacy to like, um, like and appreciate bodies of different sizes, right? Like and appreciate people of all different walks of life, right? Like um, the master race idea was simply implanted in coloniality to help normalize the oppression and enslavement of specific people, right? Just think about like why it exists. And that helps me to like be like, that's bullshit. I don't want to exist in that and create a new reality. Question your reality. Uh, it's one of the most powerful things you'll ever do uncertainty is the only certainty, right? Um, fundamentalism, coloniality, all of those things, body supremacy, it relies on a certainty that if I keep my body thin, I will be okay. If I do what God wants, I will be okay, right? That's made up. <laughs> the only thing that's real, like if you look at nature, chaos is the only thing that is real, but there is beauty that forms and comes together in the chaos. And so I love the acronym for God, good orderly direction, which is just like, we're moving towards where we're meant to go. Um, and we're moving together, which is, you know, we're all one living system, right? We breathe out, the trees breathe in, the mushrooms and mycelial networks are under there communicating between the trees. Like it is all one living system. The water comes through us that has come from the ocean, right? Like it's all one living system. And our, what we've learned in these past few years of pandemic is like our collective immunity really matters. And when our collective immunity is down, um, it really affects all of us. Um, okay. That's what I have. <laughs> I, I made a little list of the things that I want to suggest in terms of creating a healing plan, uh, for releasing guilt and shame. So I hope this helps. Um, I want to support my Patreon page. My Patreon is the best way to support this podcast. If you found value in this, I'm a Patreon supported artist. hundred percent of my life goes into creating work for the world, um, to help people, uh, get free in their minds and bodies. That is really why I'm here. Um, and patreon.com slash FKDP, which stands for fat kid dance party, which is my aerobics class, which is made for anyone who feels left behind by mainstream fitness. If you've ever been called too much 
too fat or felt too awkward to dance, mine is the supportive class for you. Um, I also have, so I have all my Zoom classes available at all of my levels of Patreon support. I have an on-demand membership with uh, aerobics classes I film in the woods to bring the outside to you. Um, I also will be filming classes once I'm able to get on the road again to tour, so you'll get access to all the classes I teach. Um, I have a 10-minute class, a 20-minute class, or several, a couple 20-minute classes, two 55-minute classes, a chair aerobics class, uh, and a cannabis class, which is slower, more low-tempo aerobics for use with an optional cannabis experience. All of that is on a weekly, uh, I, I refresh the oldest one weekly, but then I also have a ton of other classes, including self-care parties, an entire chair menu, so there's six more chair classes, so there's always seven chair classes for my babes who need a chair class. Um, Self-care parties, art therapy parties, I'm doing themed classes, and I also have bonus classes from other body positive instructors that I adore, so it's a really fleshed out membership, <laughs> pun intended, uh, for you to party with me. And uh, I also have spiritual self-care lessons. I think a lot of uh, the difficulty in fundamentalism is that it really does, it makes God an abusive relationship, and I think that is so sad. And what I have done, like, with my spirituality, I didn't really come to my spiritual awakening until I was 31. I really didn't believe much in God. I believe people believed in God, but I didn't really believe it for myself. But through my personal relationship and my self-care practices, I've developed a lot of ritual and a lot of ways that I connect. And so I teach those uh, through my Patreon page, uh, so you can get access to those, plus updates I don't share anywhere else, patreon.com slash fkdp. Um, if you don't want to be a, it's a safe and secure site, cancel anytime. If you don't want to be a member, you can buy me a coffee below, below. I'm, I'm pointing down. If you're watching this on YouTube, there's links. Um, you can Venmo me. You can buy me something cute on my wish list. Like I receive, I receive, I receive. I have done a lot of work around hyper independence, which is, uh, something that I was taught. Um, but it's not true. I know that I'm part of this living system and I receive all of the ways that people can, even just liking this, subscribing, uh, writing a nice review on a podcast site, all of it helps. All of it is energy and I appreciate it all. And I'm really grateful that you're here and I hope to see you next week. Bye everybody.